Hello, Fightful Faithful. Welcome to the Not SRS Show. We're going to try to not send this thing off the rails and go three hours. I'm your host, Alex Pulowski, or if you can see below me on the YouTube, nobody, because we didn't actually have a banner set up for when me and Robert no. do this without Sean. Robert DeFelice is with me, and we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, Robert, how are you? Doing all right. You know, we're, we're nobody here without Sean, Alex. That's right. But Sean had to go see Dr. Isaac Yankum, so I'm here filling in for Sean Ross Sapp. How we doing? Uh, we're, we're, we're doing all right. Uh, 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 AEW uh, can, can never put together an overall bad show. Like, if there's something that is, it is against your tastes, and Lord knows there were two things that were against my taste tonight, everything else was perfectly suited to my tastes, so how bad could it be? Um, that's what I love about um, about AEW is that they're they're, they're never going to have a whole bunch of misses in a row. Um, so please, everybody, get in your Humper Chats at HumperChats.com or your Super Chats at the bottom of this here YouTube chat. And um, <laughs> and uh, you can go to HumperChats.com because that gets a little sweeter piece of the pie. But Super Chats are always good, too. Let's, we'll read them let's on the be honest. It's hump day. We don't want your Super Chats. We want the Humper Chats, okay? It's hump day. We will accept chats. nothing else. That's true. Um, yeah, it, it, this was a very solid show, uh, all in all. Um, and let's just get right into it, because it, let's let's honor Sean Ross Sapp, who got a, a tooth pulled today, is, is in recovery. Uh, his, his mouth is probably drooling everywhere because of the Novocaine. That's a good picture put in everybody's head. But to honor Sean Rossap, let's try and go a tight 45 minutes tonight on this post show. Okay, Robert? So we're just gonna I, get I right fully into expect it. to go 90. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, uh, so we started out with um started out with a pretty awesome uh banger of a six-man tag. Um, we got what they, I guess they're called the undisputed originals, or is that what they're calling themselves like for officially, or is that they're just going that... with that? They do have the Paragon trademark. I'd prefer Paragon to undisputed originals. Cause that just sounds like, you know what we're trying to say. It's like when they call the, the NWO, the band in impact. And you're just like, yeah, don't be the band. Be something new. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I thought this was excellent. They, them versus uh, Hangman and Jurassic Express, and holy hell, are everybody involved in this match over? Like yeah. Adam Cole with Red Dragon, huge pop for the heels coming out, and then mega pop for Jurassic Express, especially Jungle Boy, and then Hangman. Like he's if there was ever any doubt of whether this guy was going to get over as the true ace champion of this uh, promotion, those doubts have been erased. I think uh, for good. Yeah, I, Hangman's like Surfer Sting for them. Like he's he might not be the top guy for other people, but he's so over with that crowd. And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, of course. And as you guys all know, I think the Undisputed Era were the three best wrestlers in the world. So this was absolutely a banger, and no better way to start a show, really. Yeah, um, there were there were a, a bunch of crazy high spots. Um, there was at one point. Hangman, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus all did a moonsault at the exact same time off of one ring post. Well, 
John, uh, Luchasaurus was on the apron right by the ring post, but two to the outside, one to the inside, perfect timing, looked beautiful. And then um, they've been doing the Doomsday Express, um, uh, uh, Jurassic Express. I call them Lucha Express. I call them Jungle Express. I always forget they are Jurassic Express. Um, it works. But they have been doing a Doomsday device recently. So they were like, hey, why not? It's a six-man tag. Let's do a double Doomsday device. And that was crazy. I had never seen either of those spots before. The triple moonsault all at once and the double Doomsday device was pretty amazing. And the fact of the matter was that like, they knew going in that the team that did those crazy spots wasn't going to pick up the victory. But they were like, you know what? Let's do them anyway, like halfway through the match, and then we'll build to the heels winning afterwards. I thought it was really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, the double uh, doomsday device is fantastic. It's a little too, I would understand if somebody says, that's a little too choreographed for me. Yeah, but when it looks so cool, how are you really going to complain? And then Jungle Boy does, for my money, the best Canadian destroyer in the game right now. And... He jumps perfectly over, I think it was Bobby, and Adam just super kicks him with perfect timing. You would think they've done this a million times. Yeah. And it's just, it's so cool to watch masters at what they do. And then, of course, at the end of it, Adam pins Jungle Boy, which is fine because he's done it before. And now this puts everybody right back in line for a title shot. Yeah, I, I think that Red Dragon was probably going to be the one to get the next one-on-one -on -one title match versus... um versus Jurassic Express. Personally, I, I would just have Red Dragon and the Young Bucks feud, but I know they're not ready to do that yet because I feel like they're waiting for that big feud to happen when Kenny comes back. And if he's not available, they're going to put that on the back burner for a while. I, I would personally like neither the Young Bucks nor Undisputed Era, Undisputed Originals to uh, um, Red Dragon to be the next tag champs. I would kind of like kind of like Santana Ortiz to get that nod. They've been waiting long enough and you can do a really long Young Bucks versus Red Dragon thing without the titles being attached. Um, but it feels like they are probably going to get the next one-on-one -on -one, uh, or two-on-two -two match for the titles. Um, and then looks like they're just keeping Adam Cole hanging around until Battle of the Belts. Like it feels like he's going to get another match and lose that one as well. He should, and but... It's it's weird because they've never done this before. Like yeah. nobody in this company has ever gotten a rematch. Jericho didn't get a rematch. Yeah. Mox doesn't. Well, Mox did, but it was a barbed wire that was a little more special. Yeah, and they don't usually do that with Adam. If he just gets another one on one and loses, well, what does Mox, he do? He, Mox even like he lost his title to Kenny Omega via cheating, and then got a rematch to get his title back. Adam Cole was the challenger, lost to Adam Page just lost straight up. I don't know why he gets a rematch. It's a kind of a weird oh, thing to do. Well, right William Regal is there. Maybe that's that little NXT Maybe. influence. <laughs> like, I, I can't think of anything else. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Chris Ray and sent in a Hupper chat saying, don't think I have ever seen a triple moonsault before. Uh, I certainly had it. Not, not in the way they did it. That was really special. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're doing, if you're going to go out there and start a show that you know is going to end, with the banger that it ended on, yeah. you got to try to set yourself apart. And luckily, all six of those dudes know how to do it. Yeah, um, we got a um, a team Taz 
uh, and Keith Lee promo backstage uh, where they're, they're slow playing this a bit like on rampage last week, they came down and tried to take out Keith Lee and I guess we're successful. I mean, Will Hobbs hit an amazing spine bester on Keith Lee. And, um, and, and then they had a promo where everyone was kind of like cooler heads prevailing backstage where like, yeah. Hey, you can't come on my show. Rampage says Ricky Starks. If you have this match against, uh, against Max Caster on Rampage, then me and Will Hobbs are going to beat you up again. And that to me just feels like you're telling the same story twice. Like I, I just let's get to the point where Keith Lee and Will Hobbs have a match, or Keith Lee versus Ricky Starks have a match. Like maybe Keith- they're saving that for Battle of the Belts, like FTW title kind of thing. I don't know. Could be. It's um, this is another one of those. It feels like you're spinning your wheels for no reason other than than to say, but it's yeah. a good show, and they are, so they get away with it. Yeah, and then there was a a, a promo, another promo backstage later in the night where uh, Max Caster and, and Anthony Bowens cut a promo on Keith Lee to the camera, in which Anthony Bowens said um, Keith Lee had a Cleveland Junior-looking ass, uh, which, is, which, is, which, good. Is, which is eerily accurate. Like, if you drew a jawline beard on Cleveland Junior, he would have the exact same body type as, as Keith Lee. I don't think he could beal anybody that far, but it looks it's pretty accurate. Um, and then, uh, Ricky Starks, uh, and Will Hobbs showed up and were like, you guys should totally kick Keith Lee's ass on Friday, basically. And then Swerve showed up and he was like, Hey, Ricky Starks, um, why don't you, you have a problem with Keith Lee going on your show on Rampage, but I went on your show on Rampage. I was in the main event. You know, you have a problem with me. Oh, that's right. You're in Swerve's house. Whose house? Swerve's house. The whose house? Swerve's house chant is going to be a crazy call and response thing. Like yeah. when he does that. One time in the middle of the ring in front of 10,000 people, and they all do Swerve's house together. That moment, can't wait for that. That's when you make him a champion. That's when you put a title on him because he does elicit such a great response that realistically, this was like a pre tape and it's still perfectly like you never would have guessed. Yeah. And this is fine too. I want to see them on the main show, especially not on an 11 30 p.m. AEW rampage, so yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah. Um the bad the bad one jam beard uh says I now want a, ta- a tag match of Team Taz versus Swerve and Keith Lee. Who doesn't? Who who would say no to Swerve and Keith Lee teaming versus Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs? Like you could give you could give me 25 minutes of that and I would I would not miss a second of it. Yeah, I mean they know how good they are and I think their former employers knew how good they were to a point because they were all put in great positions at one point. So yeah, this is a match that you're going to want to see at some point. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a, a silent backstage artistic little vignette of Chris Statlander wiping off her alien makeup around her, her eye and then taking out her weird contact lens. And I'm like, she's, she's assimilating Alex. She is assimilating. She's, she's, she's learning how to blend in among our species. I think, um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for whatever this is. This forebodes like, uh, this is, could be really interesting if, if, um, if we get, um, you know, Statlander more serious side. Cause the, cause the thing about it is like, 
Um, I think Statlander is amazing, uh, but the gimmick is is hokey, like at best. Like the gimmick doesn't need to exist. You know, they tried. They tried it. They did it. I think it was still the Nightmare Collective. Yeah, when she first was around, yeah. you don't really need it. Uh, best friends is over bloated. And they need to kind of cut back. They looking like they might lose somebody else. Yeah, they might actually in the next. But, yeah, like Statlander, she's not Danhausen. Danhausen never needs to change. Cassidy probably never needs to change. Statlander can become something great if yeah. she does drop the gimmick, which it looks like she's going to. Yeah. Um. So speaking of best friends. Uh, we got Danielson and Moxley versus uh, Wheeler Yuta and Chuck Taylor. Now, the thing to to note about this is that William Regal is on commentary, hopefully for the first of many, many hundreds of times, because he is so great. He refers to Mr. Shivani, Mr. Ross, and then when he talks to Excalibur, he calls him the man with the mask. Like, it's just, it's just so beautiful and just elegant the way he says it. But um, he's, he's talking about his boys, uh, Danielson and Mox, and then the best friends enter. And then um, he's talking about Taylor and Yuta, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Yuta. And, uh, who is the demon waif? <laughs> and he, he's, tell me, pray, he says, pray tell, man with the mask, who is the demon waif? And of course, he's talking about Danhausen. <laughs> And now Dan Housen needs a Demon Waif shirt. It just has to be done. Like, I'd buy one. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Oh, God, it's so good. Regal. If Regal was in his prime as a wrestler, he would have had the most fun in the ring with Dan Housen. Regal understands an act, and he's going to add so much more to this as they go. Because I can only assume this will be the first of many because it definitely doesn't look like their story is over. And... Danhausen being called the demon wave. Uh, Regal, Regal's fantastic. He also said, Mr. Ross, a pleasure to see you, never a chore. And I just, the way he speaks, yes, yes. just sounds so perfect. It's, it's just great. There's, there's also at one point in the match, uh, not to skip ahead, but um, is it is it Yuta or Chuck Taylor on the outside? But Mox just bites him on the nose. and And then you hear... Uh, William Regal, very matter-of-factly on commentary, said, well, you know, if you bite a man's nose off, you'll do whatever you wish. And I'm like, that's actually very handy advice for life, you know? If you ever need a man to do what you wish, bite his nose off. He'll probably be a lot yeah. more receptive to your suggestions. Um, this was all just uh, really fun, because Wheeler Yuta like, stuck up for himself a lot in the match. He was being toyed with a little bit by Danielson. Um, Taylor was 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 game as well. Everybody looked really good in this thing, but I I loved um, uh, Wheeler Yuta taking the kicks and being like, "Come on, give me more." And Danielson be like, "Okay, kid," because I was I was at about a seven. Here's a nine and a half. Like it was like there's just a really cool um, uh, a vibe about the guys who stick up, who stand up to Danielson and Danielson were like, "I was going easy on you, but okay." Like, I, I thought this was great. And it was a cool way to do what Danielson already did with Moriarty and Garcia. And then you flip it and you have it in a tag match where Yuta can say, oh, I actually like what's happening here. And I think I get what they're saying when they say this is a little too much 
hokey pokey and I don't want to be near that. I want to be with these wrestlers because even though he stuck up for himself, Danielson got him down, stomped his head in, casually tagged in John Moxley, who casually puts in the bulldog joke and Wheeler fades out, but not before, you know, getting praised by William Regal. And they really made it clear he's a great wrestler. He's just around a lot of something else. Well, that's the other thing is that um, the, the I think the first person that um, that Danielson brought up when he was recruiting Mox was Wheeler Yuta. Now it was because Mox had just beaten Wheeler Yuta in a singles match, but he was like, "We got Wheeler Yuta out here. He's a great wrestler, but he's hanging out with these with these idiots, the best friends." Um, and so Wheeler Yuta, I love the finish, which. <laughs> Danielson gets him in the position to do the stomps to the face, to do his stomp his, his uh, friggin' head in, um, and tags in Moxley, and then commences to stomping Wheeler Yuta's friggin' head in as Moxley very slowly gets into the ring, and then just puts the dude in the bulldog choke, and Wheeler Yuta, Yuta has to tap out. Yeah. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was really good. And but it's, then... Go ahead. Go ahead. You, no, you, I was going to say, it's perfect, because you've got Moxley, who's so off the wall and he's so insane and Danielson's just gotten to the point where he's like he's yours now go ahead choke him out and Yuta doesn't want to give up but he doesn't do the I'm gonna pass out thing he does actually surrender leaving that like okay they are better than me and you know then we see what happens afterwards yeah I um afterwards everyone is walking up the ramp and Wheeler Yuta stops and looks back at the ring where Regal has joined his two cohorts. And he gets, he, he walks back to the ring. Like he, there's this really great shot of like Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy at the back of the rest of the best friends, like saying, come on, come with us. And him looking from the two ridiculous people ahead of him back to the ring where like these three murderers are waiting for him. And he walks back into the ring gets in and offers to shake William Regal's hand. Now, William Regal was putting over Yuta hard throughout the mm -hmm. whole match. I thought it was really great. And Regal slaps him in the face and Yuta spins back around and gets right up in Regal's face. But Regal says, now, now, my dear boy, I don't think you want to do that. You should probably leave now while you still can. As, as Danielson and Mox kind of flank him from both sides. So I like that they didn't immediately do the, now you're part of us. But that seems to be where they're going. I thought, honestly, that they had just forgotten about that whole, like, we want to train the younger guys thing. And it was just going to be Regal and Mox and Danielson for a while. I'm very happy to see they're still moving forward in recruiting the young um, grapple fuck uh, uh, magicians. Because that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And it seems, as we'll talk later in the show, they're going to have, like, a natural enemy in another group but i like that yuda is at least to the point where hey he may not have a wheeler yuda is all elite graphic yet somehow right but he does have a goal now he wants to be accepted by these three and i can see this being week by week he's just sort of like i don't want to be around you guys i want to be a better wrestler i, I have enough friends yep. now i want to go make money you know that kind of thing yeah um, but I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, this a, a lot. We got a lot of, uh, good super and humper chats about this. Chris Rain saying Regal asking about Danielson pop me like 
Pray, pray tell. The, the man with the mask. Who is the demon waif? It's just, it's just, he's just so good. Uh, Brent Lockman, I need more of Excalibur and Regal so much more. Here's the deal. I don't think Jericho works on commentary anymore as this character. I really don't. Like, I mean, it just doesn't, he's, he's actively hates everybody on the roster. It doesn't, doesn't really work. I think it'd be kind of cool to get a couple, at least a couple of tries of Excalibur and William Regal as a two-man booth for Rampages. I think that could work. You could let Starks and Taz go actually do other things occasionally, but I'd love to see just one hour of Excalibur and Regal together. I think they have a really cool chemistry. Yeah, they're too, they're too comfortable with adding too many people to commentary desks. If you need a third, Shivani's there. You tape Rampage. Just do Excalibur, Shivani, and Regal. I think that would be great. Yeah. Uh, Brent Lockman says the idea that AEW can put together tag programs for years and not run out of combinations is probably my favorite thing about the company. Yeah, that's true. They, they, that, I mean, that, tag, that tag division is very, very deep. When on the other show, the literal answer for your biggest show of the year is, Randy, yeah, got to fight somebody. And then you're doing this on Wednesday. Yeah, you can give me Wednesday night all, all year long, okay? Who are we going to fight at WrestleMania, Randy? Randy, what are you yeah. doing? Uh, I mean, people people love the RK bro, but that's a that's a terrible storyline. Um, uh, Alfred the homie, uh, what a show Regal was, great on commentary. What young talent from any promotion besides Yuta, Garcia, and Moriarty would you like to see join these three extremely violent gentlemen? Um, uh uh, do you think Callus is is behind bringing in Red Dragon to split the Bucks and Cole potentially? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Kenny is poised when he comes back to be a babyface. He's going to get ridiculously cheered when he does. So I think one of the things he might do is um, is kick Don Callis to the curb in public. Like I think that could be a a, a really great way of cementing that. Yeah, it's almost like. When Punk separated himself from Heyman in 2013, where it was like, no, no, we're still friends, but I don't need you anymore. And then Callus can do whatever swerve it is. I don't think you need to align him with mm-hmm. the Undisputed Era. I hope not. They're too good for that. Yeah. Um, Luis says they should bring in Shooter Umino. Um, oh, my God, yeah. I, I think we're overdue for that. Uh, if they can figure out a way to release Mustafa Ali from his contract... Um, now I want to see him as a baby face, but the other thing about him is that he is an absolute technical wizard and anybody who only knows him from his, from his high flying stuff, that guy's amazing. Like the stuff that he, that he puts together that he just releases in 30 second clips on his Twitter. He's an amazing, like the transitions, all the, 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 the really interesting takes on submission holds. He'd fit in really well with a bunch of grappling dudes too. Um, so I, I always want my boy Mustafa Ali to get some, some more stuff, but if they can ever figure out a way to release a guy who doesn't want to be there, who they don't want to use, maybe he could show up in AEW and do that. You know, I know we're thinking more young, but Timothy Thatcher is available. No. Yeah. I think that needs to happen. Uh, Ono is available. Chris here is available. Uh, Cesaro. Yeah. Uh, j- just saying like, if you need to round out some more of the veteran side of things. And on the female side, you got Nicole Savoy, who I think should have been signed by a company years and years and years ago. I think Nicole Savoy could be a great addition here. That's true. Um, 
Bad One Jam Beard says, down the line, I want a blood and guts match of Regal's Wrestlers Dojo versus Team Yaz. Yeah. But... Entertainer. It would be the best of polar opposites. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'd like to see them do something because I think they're too polar opposite to not do something at some point. Yeah. But kind of last year, they they kind of crapped the bed on the faction warfare. So I'd rather not see that for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Nerd Guru says, really need to see Regal and Cole and Red Dragon confront each other because AEW knows we aren't dumb. Regardless of face heel, they should be friends. Now, I disagree because if you're going by like they know each other obviously but undisputed era was constantly a thorn in regal's side regal should hate those dudes so much whenever he sees them it should be on site yeah at the very least i'd like to see something probably from kyle because he's a bit more of the fun loving one where he goes to regal and he goes so about that tag title match can you hook us up? And Regal's just like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> That's not my position here, dear boy. Um, yeah, uh, Dan Johnoff says, it was such a pleasure hearing Regal on commentary. It really, really was. But here's something also. Just not, the match was really good. But with that moment where Willie Yuta walked into the ring, put out his hand for, for William Regal, got slapped and got right back up in William Regal's face. That dude jumped up like 20 spots on my personal AW big board. People also say in this, Glennie Kodra says, Yuta went from a nobody to a badass to the fans tonight. It's true. Uh, Sawyer says, I'm mostly just excited for you to start getting some Ws. That's true. He he loses too many matches. Like, he's really, really, really great, but he's he does not win matches. Uh, and Brother Hero says, we, they should treat Yuta like the recruits on Fight Club. Uh, space monkey, ready to be shot into space. Like, shave shave his head and make him wait out. Make him wait outside the dojo overnight. Until he's allowed into the into the Paper Street house. Well, I think Regal knows a thing or two about that. He was still in However, uh, NXT when they did uh, what's that called? The Mei Ying thing. What's yes. that called? The Tian Cha. Yes. That's true. Uh, that was true. But also, there's already one promotion that is yeah. borrowing heavily from Fight Club. So let's not do two. One is definitely enough. Did you know that you're in control, Alex? If it is your first narrative, you have to control your narrative. No, it's not. It's, no, let's not do any more of those. Yeah. Um, we got an FTR and Bucks promo backstage where the Bucks interrupt FTR being interviewed about kicking Tully to the curb. Uh, and the Bucks was it was it Nick who came out wearing like a leprechaun a leprechaun onesie type like romper thing, and I think then it might had, have been Matt was but... it Matt? And he had the uh, um. The, the 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 chain from the ear all the way to a nose ring and he's like you guys need to work on your stylist he says that says that too to ftr who are just regular looking dudes um but they say like i don't care who you get to be your new manager it could be the best there is but it's still not going to protect you from 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 the bucks so that'll be fun yeah i mean if you didn't notice there were there were pink Lights behind FTR. I don't know if that's a. Uh, must have just been mood lighting for the day. It was Nick. It was Nick who who did that. But yes, no. It was that 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 was that was pretty hilarious. The 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 joke making more sense considering who said it. But Chris Rain says if Bret Hart becomes all elite, I would lose my mind. Uh, listen, they're they're doing the tournament 
but Owen, it'd be kind of cool. He was like there to like, just be a part of that in any way, just to like watch his brother get honored in that way. That would be pretty great, honestly. Yeah. And if he really wanted to have one more run, I know CM Punk was overly emotional after a revolution about he felt bad about Brett not having his final run. And I think FTR being paired with Brett, it's not necessary, but it's also something that I would never turn down. Uh, Mike Pro- Provencher says uh, Nick Jackson is a fashion sociopath. He truly is. Um, he truly, truly is. Um, and then um, we we got we got a a great Statlander reference. Um, Jonathan McPherson says Statlander is my boyfriend's favorite, but he's been screaming about her gimmick forever. He'll be so happy tomorrow. I I I'm really interested in the Statlander uh, thing because she is somebody I could definitely see um being somebody to take down jade if it's not somebody from outside the um you know the per the current roster i think the one to do it from the current roster would be would be statlander so yeah and i think it's time that she finds herself outside of this i'm so happy to be a wrestler i guess i'll be an alien because that's fun yeah (laughs) yes um we um we got uh, a, a Jade backstage uh, uh, interview um, uh, where, you know, she they say this next one's going to be a big one. 30 and 0 is what uh, Mark Sterling says. So who's it going to be? Who's going to step up? And they, they had been referring it to the her kissing people as the kiss of death. Now it's the kiss of doom. I guess they didn't want to get sued by WWE and him for copyright infringement it's on a different um, kod it's not that one yeah not not the kod it's not uh it's not bianca belair's finishing move but um uh i uh I, i've said the whole time that i feel like the person who's who's going to do it um is uh is probably going to be uh athena like that's gonna be your your big i i would hope because i i love ember i loved ember moon in in um in wwe uh, I would love for Athena to come in and be the surprise. I don't know if you have her beat Jade, but maybe Jade gets herself disqualified. Like it's the first time we ever see her like not just overpower somebody and just immediately, you know, she's going to win this match. Even if the match takes eight and a half minutes, you know, she's going to beat Ty Conti. Maybe that's that match isn't set out that way. And, and maybe that's what they might, what they might do. Yeah, I think Evermoon needs to be signed too because she was robbed of a great run. She got on that main roster and they just did absolutely nothing. So I'm ready to see her find her love of wrestling again and be the champion she can be. Uh, Daniel R says that I think Deeb should beat Jade. Um, heel I, versus heel, though. It's an interesting. I I, I think. Depending on who else they book Jade against in like the couple of matches leading up to a match with Jade with with Deeb, you could you could convince me that she because she's over man like she's just you know you, all you got to do is is take her from being like super arrogant to super confident and people will start rooting for her depending on who you're putting uh, her up against her versus Nyla Rose who's only ever been a heel to us like. Like you could, you could do a thing where you could actually make make us root for her 
to beat Nyla Rose. And then all of a sudden, the next person she's facing is Serena Deeb. Now it's there. Now those those areas are more gray. I mean, I'm not saying that's the way I would go, but it's a possibility. It definitely is. I think if she just hits Sterling with the jaded, she's a baby face. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also uh, we got a um, Ishida and Deeb like a little segment backstage um, uh, where uh, Lord Jackson says Deeb and Sheeta are going to murder each other. And I cannot wait because um, uh, I, I actually believe that Sheeta on Rampage vowed to decapitate uh, Serena Deeb says, you, you want to take out my knee? That's fine. Next time I say, I'm going to chop off your head. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. I, I wouldn't make those promises because you can't actually deliver but I, one thing that annoyed me about this was no real commentary here, except you got Jericho's line in of "Holy Sheeta" when she's running down the ramp at Rampage, and it's just like, ugh. but <laughs> Deep is true. great. This promo is great. You know, they can do any match. They can do a submission match. They can do Iron Man. They can do no DQ. It's gonna be great. However, they decide to do it. Yeah, uh, Mark Losper calling me out, and rightfully so. Um, is, is Alex talking about Ember Moon? No way. Uh, for those of you who don't know, for the longest time, when she was on the main roster and never being used, anytime we were talking about, uh, who should face so-and-so next for the women's title, I was like, what about Ember Moon? Where does Ember yeah. Moon fit into all this? Give me Ember Moon. And they never did. And so it became a running joke. Uh, and so there you go. It was um, very yeah. much the same way. Ember Moon should have been a champion on oh, Raw or SmackDown. A multiple-time champion. My, She was so fun to watch. And if you say, well, she can't cut a great promo. A lot of champs can't cut great promos. They, she could. She was decent enough, and her, her in-ring more than made up for it. Yeah. Anyway, now we're getting into some stuff. So, um, we got our Jericho appreciation society which the t-shirt just says j-a-s which people are saying it's like jazz and i'm like no yeah, I it's, think, all, it's all that jazz i oh, think it's... i think we should use a soft j like you know like johan so it's yas so every time i see the jericho appreciation society i will refer to them as yas because okay. so so yas comes out and uh <laughs> Somebody, somebody, somebody chatted me on a different show saying uh, if they get somebody, a female in the faction, that she would be the Yas queen. And I thought that's also a great idea. Um, I hope um, they don't do that. <laughs> she, they come out and listen, objectively, I get it. This is a really great way uh, to, to, to get them over as heels that we hate that the AEW fans hate. And I know I'm being worked into a shoot, but this whole thing repulsed me. <laughs> like it just, I just can't like now they had, they come out to Jericho's theme still, which everyone sings along to. And like edges, edges, heel turn on raw, I think is not, is not working really well, but at least to his credit, he realized that people are always going to pop for you think you know me and his and and an altar bridge starting but he was like no i shouldn't get that pop 
people should boo me when I come out. So I'm going to change my music to something that's not going to get that pop. But Jericho's like, I kind of like it when they sing my song. So uh, so they come out and everyone sings the song. I'm like, no, you hate these guys. And eventually I think they're going to get wise to it, the fans, and not maybe sing along. But maybe they will. And you're yeah. going to have to. I don't have up. any faith that they will stop singing the song. They like it too much. Yeah. It's too much a part of the experience. And honestly, halfway through this thing, they're chanting Jericho. I'm like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. No. This is opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, Matt Lee, who they changed his name later, but he's the first one that comes out and says, you guys like singing that song, huh? You guys like you guys like playing along, being a part of the show, huh? Well, let me tell you, if it were up to me, we wouldn't be playing that song. You wouldn't be able to sing it. But it's this man right here. This man right here, Chris Jericho, he loves you so much, he lets you sing his song for him, okay? So you should be thanking this man right here, okay? Um, I I really enjoy Matt Lee. I think he's a perfect guy to be a Jericho henchman. Like him and his partner, uh, Parker, I, I, think, I think they're perfect for this thing. I think Jake, Jake Hager is perfect for this thing. I think Daniel Garcia should run as far and as fast away from this crap as possible. And I know I'm, I'm in the minority on this thing. It's a divisive subject. A lot of people are like, no, Daniel Garcia shouldn't be a part of this thing. That's where I'm at. But some people are like, I think it's perfect for him. It's going to get him on TV more, which if that's the case, great. And allow him to develop personality, which like, I feel like he kind of is already doing that without this. But what are your thoughts about, because Garcia says, he says, we are not wrestlers. That's what Jericho says. We're not wrestlers. We are sports entertainers. Um, and, and Garcia stops him and says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, you said something right there. And I don't know if I agree with it. I mean, if you're a sports entertainer, then I am too. I'm a Daniel Garcia and I'm a sports entertainer. And everyone booed because everyone wants Daniel Garcia to be a grapple fuck madman who rips people's limbs off. They don't want him to be a sports entertainer. Uh, and I mean, I, I agree with those people who don't want him to be a sports entertainer. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I imagine Vince McMahon texting getting like a clip of this sent to his phone and texting Jericho. That's good shit, pal, because they're literally just using the Vince McMahonism of it all to turn everybody heel. And Garcia has to do this and it does get him on TV, but this is so stupid. And he's going to be the first one to go. Yeah. He's going to say, no, I'm a pro wrestler and I want to kick heads. in." But like, uh, whatever. Whatever, Jericho's a sports entertainer. That's fine, I oh, guess. He's absolutely a sports entertainer. Uh, and guess what? So are Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. They're great at it. And for the most part, honestly, so's Hager. Like, I know he's got the MMA background and everything, but he's basically a sports entertainer. You think they can get an eagle for him? <laughs> Eagly? He should come out with Eagly? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Sawyer says, I thought the worst part of, of Yas was when Garcia, coolest of AEW's four young killers, joining him instead of Regal. Then tonight, they had my number. Gimmick is cringe, but to credit to them, knowing how to twist the knife. Yeah, the thing of it is, is that if I can give, they know how to twist the knife. I don't particularly love having knives twisted in me. Like, I don't like the feeling, so I don't, I don't enjoy, 
like that moment where like, ah, oh, you got me. Yes, this is very painful for me. Touche. No, like stop, stop twisting that knife. It hurts. That's what I always say. I think they missed the boat. I think this should have been the first thing Jericho did. He should have been the guy who goes, I'm from WWE. It feels like they're just circling back around to it because they have nothing else for Jericho to do. And now it's like, okay, do we see gang wars between them and you know the former LAX? Or what's what's the next six months for Jericho? Because Jericho always has these 10-month rivalries that prolong that overstay their welcome. Yeah. Uh Daniel R says, Well, I like the swerve kind of. Why is Daniel Garcia in this group? The swerve being Garcia looking like he would argue, anytime I look up any results, Garcia is winning. He's super over. I'm only okay with this if Jericho puts over Garcia pretty soon. I think it's a long play. I think that Yuta joins um, up with with Danielson and Mox pretty soon, Moriarty after that, and it takes a while for whatever happens with Jericho for, for Garcia to turn on him and join the, join up with the other guys. I think it might take like all summer, so get used to this kind of thing. They love to tell long storylines. Specifically Jericho. I don't know how fast they can get more guys with Daniel with uh, Danielson and Mox, yeah. but I can see them eventually feuding with Jericho's gang and Jericho going, we're going to take you to our environment. You're going to do stadium stampede because that's entertainment. And mm-hmm. then it's just like whatever you get out of that is what you get. But I think that has to be the feud building. Yeah. Um, I am La Lucha says one week, Daniel Garcia is being recruited. Um, but, uh, by but the pro wrestling gang next week he's put himself out there calling himself a sports entertainer this feud is inevitable and i'm here for it long-term booking yeah i i i feel like we probably are going to get uh regal's boys versus uh some version of of yas um and josh weaver agrees he says i think garcia is the tie between yas and regal's group maybe daniel garcia turns on jericho during blood and guts yeah, I can see that. You know, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, uh, we get... Uh, um, now, here's the thing. Here we go. There was a moment where he said why he, why all these people love me. He says that the reason why, um, why Matt Lee and Jeff Parker love me is because my old friend Kevin, uh, my old former best friend Kevin called me up and said, I, these two guys got fired and they need a job. And I was the one who brought him into AEW. Now, I like the backstory there. But then he's like, in, in, in Yas, in Jericho Appreciation Society, we don't use fake names from Bad Creative. We only use our real names. So Matt Lee is now Matt Minert, whatever it is. Minar- Daddy Magic Matt Menard. I, Matt I, Menard. You gotta get it right. And, Daddy and, Magic. And, and Jeff Menard. Parker is now uh, Cool Ange. Cool, cool Hand Ange. Angelo Parker. Uh, and Jake Hager Jake Hager. Daniel Garcia is Daniel Garcia. And I am using my also totally real name, Chris Jericho. Sure, Chris Irvine. That's, that's yes, let's Perfect. only use our real names. Hilarious. Perfect. Hilarious. It's um, like naming them Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Fine. <laughs> Like, if you were going to do that, they didn't need to come in as Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. I don't know if Jeff versus Angelo is that big of a change. But the backstories at least make sense. Yeah. Uh, Nerd Guru says that Kevin Owens is a damn gem for this. 
I, I do not doubt that he actually made that call. And no, that's was, actually real. That that's a They told that thing. story on Talk of Jericho that he never knew them before. Owens called them, said, hey, at least put them on the podcast. And he did, and they had a job immediately. Perfect. Um, now, um, Jericho talks about how Sammy Guevara turned his back on me. Uh, problem, uh, he's distracted me. They want to go off with their, with their little buddy, Eddie Kingston. That's fine. Um, but uh, Jake Hager, while whatever, Jake Hager's whatever. But he says, the reason that Daniel Garcia respects me is because, um, he's, he's because on January 6th, he says, and there was too long of a pause before he said 2019. Jericho being like, the reason everybody loves me is that on January 6th, wait a minute, what? What happened? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> wait a minute. So, so, but he says on January 6th, 2019, a bunch of indie wrestlers in Buffalo were in a car accident. One of them was Daniel Garcia, and I donated a bunch of money for their recovery. And and that's what that's hey, that's that's a really awesome thing that Jericho did. That's a really awesome connection he has to Daniel Garcia in real life. Um uh and 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 yet we're getting a lot of jokes about the January. 6th I like that he's just like my my contributions, my charitable efforts on January sixth. Like, okay, so, where are we going here? So, um, uh, Kevin Street saying so. Uh, Jericho donated to something on January sixth. Uh, <laughs> Nerd Guru saying that January sixth line was uh, almost horrific. Uh, and Zach sa- uh, says. Jericho saying January 6th momentary made me nervous because, you know, Jericho. Then he said 2019 and I was relieved. Uh, and he says, uh, thanks, guys. Hopes all is well. Looking forward to seeing that Robert smile again. There you go. Everybody um, loves it. No, but I mean, really, smile. I do think Jericho has learned from the yeah. no longer with AEW Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Let's maybe not go there. Um, not. Uh, uh, Dallas Robinette says Jericho was giving off Reigns vibes. Appreciate me. Uh, and not as good, but not yeah. quite as good. I like this suggestion. The bad one, Jam Beard, says that Yas's new theme should be a Fozzie cover of Break the Walls Down. You know, that, that way really they can good. really lean into, into the sp- sports entertainer thing even more. Like it's this is, you know, this is uh, something that uh, that I would have done back then. Uh, Alan Marks saying uh, that uh, it's almost like a 12-step program. My name is Jake Hager, and I am a sports entertainer. Jake Hager looked Hi, so Jake. uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Also, like, uh, he <sighs> listen, it's not his fault, obviously. I'm not making fun of the guy for having a lisp. But you, you put a mic in his hand and say, we are the J-A-F. Like it, don't give him the words that he's gonna say that like that bring out the lisp because it's. I mean, I saw. So I think many they're just leaning into it. I think they're just maybe like maybe they are. Maybe they are. But let's I saw, just I saw go some people all the way really, there. Really making fun of it, and I'm like, come on, like you can do away do it without giving him those lines. I think, um, although society would not have been much better. Now, saying, saying I wonder society if with make, his list would have been bad. Would have been bad. I wonder if they're going to make Jake start saying "We the People" again, just oh. because that's entertainment, that, right? Like that's the whole thing. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. Jer- Jake Hager, by the way, um, uh, was going looked full on like a member of mean the Mean Street Posse tonight, 
with his with his with his little striped sweater. <laughs> like I thought that was great. Um, uh, Jericho says he's a sports entertainer. That should set up a set up a Brian and Mox match. I I know they're heels, but they're he- wrestlers who love wrestling. CM Punk should as well. Also, CM Punk versus Garcia. Uh, yeah, all those things. Yeah, I can see this getting Punk and Jericho back around because really. There are two guys that don't need to fight again. But yeah. if you're going to have them fight, I can see Punk going, sports entertainment sucks. And I'm glad I left there. And if you want to do that, then I'll just kick your ass here. Yeah. Um, Sawyer saying Jericho playing sports entertainer in AEW is nowhere as funny or brilliant as Cardona in JCW. Hashtag my champ. Um, uh, so my pro- my preventer saying, now we know what Jericho did on January 6th. Uh, not 2019. Yeah. Uh, do we know what his wife did? We do not. That's not a that's not a thing that we're able to talk about on this particular show. Um uh so Brennan Tungate said, I think 2.0 changed their names as a rib on WWE, never letting people have the same name. Matt and Jeff are here, so change 2.0's names. I think they could have leaned more into like the real Matt and Jeff is this Matt and Jeff. You want a taste? Like we should have got, we should we need to get a Matt and Jeff versus. Yeah, Matt we should have gotten that promo. We I should, didn't even put that together. We should have gotten that. We should have gotten a Matt and Jeff versus Matt and Jeff match for custody of the names, and then have them lose to the Hardys and have them have to pick out new names. I mean, you could do that. It could be. You know what, Alex? What's more sports entertainment than two first names on a pole match? Come on. Like just big lettering that you printed out. Yep. That. I like it. That that's entertainment, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, uh Tom Lavalley says love the heck out of the Yas promo. Magic Matt starts off cool hand Angelo on next and they and they went on to say everything Alex would always hate. It's true. This 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 faction was designed in a lab to give me an aneurysm personally. Uh, but like again, your your mileage may vary. As as Shot Kid Twenty Nine says, I get people's mileage will vary with Jericho's group, but I personally dig it, and it sets the ground for a feud over Garcia against Regal's Killers. Now that I like that everybody's skipping over the LAX thing that we know we're gonna get for four months, and just going right to like, hey, like, what about it all out if they yeah. fight Danielson and Moxley? It's, it's because they kept those three dudes off the show to sell the beating they got last week which fair play, but because they were like out of sight, out of mind right, right before this, we got the, the tease of Yuta joining up with Moxley and Regal and, and Danielson. So immediately we think, you know, that's the reason it's, it's because of all that, which I totally get, but you're right. We're definitely getting the LAX feud first. Yeah. Um, uh, Jonathan McPherson says, Alex will hate me, which I love starting out a super chat with Alex will hate me. But I, I love Garcia in this spot. It's here's exactly what you don't want to build the here's exactly what you do want, which is him beating Jericho and just being a great wrestler. Uh, I, I think eventually we get that. I just feel like it's going to take a lot longer than everybody thinks it's going to take. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't even gotten Sammy beating Jericho or anything uh, like that yet. Yeah, that's it's true. Uh, J.D.B. Pringle says Jericho becoming a sports entertainer is a chef's kiss. How do you become a real heel in AEW? Embrace the WWE mentality. Damn, he got me again. Like that's that's a perfectly healthy reaction 
to being to, to, to this particular thing. Meanwhile, I was just sitting at home on my couch, just Jericho, which is not healthy, but I, I yeah. own it. And I, I own it. Like it might be good for like a month. My worry is that they just run into the ground and suddenly we've got Vince Russo on dynamite. Cause that's entertaining. Like, I, I just feel like they're going to run it into the ground so fast that we won't even be able to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, shot 29 says that the Jericho appreciation Society goes into blood and guts. Who stands opposite new LAX under, uh, under Kingston or Regal's wrestlers. Brent Lockman has an idea. Eddie PNP pound powerful Mox Danielson versus Yas, just to hear Regal scream, blood and guts. Oh, we're, we're getting that. I mean, that's that's just something they need to do. I think Cesaro is going to end up in that group. I think he's waiting, but I think he'll end up in that group. Yes, um, agreed. Uh, and Shazam says, sorry if I missed the section. You did not. We've been talking about this for the last 15 minutes at least. Uh, Garcia cementing his heelness. By calling himself a sports entertainer is brilliant. It means if he ever wants to go work with Mox and Brian, the sports entertainment versus pro wrestling story is there. Well, I'm glad that everybody at least seems excited about it. We've definitely gotten enough comments to prove that yeah. they want to see the sports entertainment versus wrestling thing. Yeah. I just don't want to see this drag on for 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. The nerd guru says, my word for this uh, Yas crap is that instead of the Mox Bryan thing, uh, there's no one more against sports entertainment. Yeah, I, I, I yes, uh, I think that. Well, yeah, we'll we'll figure something out with this. I'm not really sure uh, how uh, how long the 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 because I I think they they it it may why what well end up being that Kingston got that victory over Jericho, and then he uh, LAX is going to wind up putting over Yas for a while losing those matches which i do not agree with and that's which kind of does what for santana and ortiz like they need to just go you know what you beat us up fine i don't want any part of it we're going for the titles yeah they should they should uh rangers mayhem says waiting for yas to be backstage watching the tv off to the side like this because oh, that's they're absolutely sports going entertainment. To do a promo. Uh, that we're... is good um <sighs> Uh, the bad, the bad one, Jam Beard says for the Yas LAX feud, I want them to come out with the old LAX theme that uh, Homicide and Hernandez also helped them up, help back them up, and K Dog. Well, that's, that's a lot of people, but sure, let's let's. They get still don't. In there. I think Impact still owns LAX. We gotta realize who owns that. Yeah, and see if they true. can get it over to Tony. Yeah, uh, I had the idea for for giving uh, them their own female in the faction who could be the yas queen so brent lockman says so that we're saying that toxic attraction are are joining uh yas oh god that's that's the the merger that we didn't need yeah uh um uh so um we got hold on one second uh um the nerd guru says i'm here for alex to go off on yas and the wardlow stuff well, the good news is he is going to do that, and you probably got a good 10 months of that. Yeah. Uh, Alan Marks uh, says, uh, Alex is the new AEW booker confirmed. Nope. No, that's that's definitely not true, because I did not book this next match. I'll tell you that much. 
this Scorpio versus Wardlow thing did not go how I wanted. Uh, the nerd guru wanted wanted to know how did how did MJF get the ring? Where was Punk? This was a WWE mess, sadly. Now that that's entertainment puts my thoughts in a nutshell. Um, I thought I had come to terms with the fact over the past week you can't you can't have J- Scorpio Sky be a one week reign. You just can't do it. Not after all of the things that, that have happened over the past several months. He's the first black singles champion. He's not male male singles champion. He's not going to be a one-week reign. Wardlow's not beating him. So I came up with, I don't know, I'm not going to go into detail, but in my head, roughed out maybe five or six scenarios that that would that would protect both him and Wardlow in this particular thing, allow MJF to get his revenge make it make sense in some way and not have uh, Scorpio Sky lose the belt. Um, I'll tell you, all the things I came up with were a lot more satisfying to me than whatever the hell they did here, um, which was, the match was, when it went into commercial break in the picture-in-picture with Wardlow being, uh, with Scorpio being in control over Wardlow. And um, and soon after that, Wardlow was able to hit a big spine buster and transition into the powerbomb symphony, whereupon he was distracted by Dan Lambert on the apron. And there's your first problem. Um, you, anytime you have the baby face who's in control and about to win a singles championship that he has said, if he wins the TNT title, he's going to get a new contract with AEW. Like not only does he um, does he become the TNT champion, but he also gets a new contract. He gets free of MJF. He gets more money, probably working for Tony Khan than he was from MJF. Like you can't get distracted by an old man standing behind you on the apron. Just keep hitting power bombs on Scorpio until you liquefy his kidneys and then pin him. Like there's no reason to be distracted. It makes the baby face who does that look bad in my eyes now scorpio rolls to the outside and he's about to do a power bomb to him to the to, to, on the outside on the floor but here comes sean spears down the ramp with two chairs and wardlow immediately starts to walk up to the to the foot of the ramp saying come on bring it and the ref is like what are you doing get in the ring you have a match to win apparently he's the only one who thinks that because wardlow just just standing out there not doing anything waiting for for sean spears to attack him so as he's walking back around the ring mjf springs out of the crowd shoves him up against the ring post wardlow gets back into the ring and scorpio sky who we last saw being power bombed into oblivion just rolls him up for the one two three and that's how Wardlow loses his TNT title match. And that's how Scorpio Sky retains. Like, it, Scorpio Sky barely even played a factor in his first title victory, his first title defense. And Wardlow gets to look like an idiot being distracted by everything and, and, and being pushed. Wardlow, who we've seen take a lot of punishment and is this friggin' hoss, gets pushed in the ring post one time and can't find out, fight off a roll up. It's some WWE bullshit, at least in my eyes. 
we're not even talking about the, the post-match beatdown or whatever. Just the match itself. What were your thoughts, Rob? I mean, you, you nailed it. I can't add too much to that. It really felt like a WWE segment. We didn't even talk about Paige Van Zandt and her husband were there. And Wardlow stops and looks at Paige. And then suddenly her husband's like, wait a minute, that's my wife. And kisses her, for, you know, and he's distracted by that. And he's distracted by really everything. Like, it felt like this was Wardlow's first match ever. And he's never been around any of this. And then the roll-up thing, it's just not for me. So. This is easily the worst thing that they've done with Wardlow. I think the thing that, that, that makes me upset about it is that I, I said this, I said this to you. Uh, I've said it to a lot of people. Um, AEW, I have ridiculously high standards for them because they have proven themselves worthy of ridiculously high standards. Like, like straight up perfection is possible. We've seen it in certain, like the MJF and punk thing, like played out, to perfection and Wardlow was a huge part of the end of that perfect final chapter him coming down can't find the ring at the pay-per-view oops I guess I did have it here you go CM Punk and he leaves like like it was just perfect and so I wanted the next chapter of the MJF and Wardlow thing to also be perfect and to me like it was just felt over like we got Paige Van Sant at ringside and her husband and that that played into some of it as well. But um, I just felt like there were other things because I don't understand why you introduce the angle of Wardlow works for MJF. And so in the contract, all title opportunities and title victories, like the title itself, if Wardlow were to ever win it, become MJF's property. It does not make sense to me why MJF wouldn't allow Wardlow to win the title and then take it from him, or at the very least, go back on his verbal but not handshake, nowhere written agreement. You know what? If you win the ladder match, I'll let you have the title shot. All he could say is, I lied. And it would be perfectly within MJF's character to do that. Wouldn't MJF want the title shot instead at the very least? But also, like, you could have Spears attack Scorpio Sky, thereby protecting him because you because because Max wants Wardlow to be champion so he can take the title from him. Like all of these things to me felt like better options than just attack the dude at ringside, cost him the match, and then beat him up afterwards, which is what they did. And I really I, I, I think that Sky needed to be a champion for longer than, than than a week, which is why I feel like it was a bad timing to put the title on Sky last week. So that at least he could you could have you could have had Wardlow beat Sammy tonight, and then Scorpio Sky could have been the next TNT champion after beating MJF or something. I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. And I also I'll even go back to last week and say I didn't like that all of a sudden Wardlow's just like, hey Max. I'm done with you, you know, and the pinnacle's just done. FTR was just done with Tully. Like, it just seemed like they said, hey, that was cool for like a minute. Let's just kill all that now. Let's go this direction. It just feels very disjointed, which isn't like them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, Daniel R says, why wouldn't uh, MJF want Wardlow to win? So he could take the belt from him as per the contract that they brought up on television. Um, 
uh, <clears throat> uh, we see, uh, hold on. Um, Brent Lockman says, I did like that they were telling the story that Wardlow has no allies because why would he? He does have an ally. The name is CM Punk. CM Punk is an ally. Like, I mean, I, maybe he's not there tonight, but he does have an ally. He helped CM Punk beat MJF. Like, that was, I don't know. I don't know necessarily want CM Punk to come down there because that would be more kerfuffle that we might not have needed. Um, Eloquent makes, makes the point that he was punched with the diamond ring in the back of the head, which sent him into the ring post, which I guess I must have missed, but I did not miss that MJF has the ring back. And to me, like Excalibur explained that CM Punk left the ring in left left the ring, the diamond ring, in the wrestling ring after the the the, the pay-per-view match. But why? Wouldn't he want to keep it as a memento of having kicked MJF's ass? Like, there's somebody here. I, I like this thing. Nerd Guru says the ring in Punk's hands should have corrupted him and turned him into the evil man he can be. Then down the line, MJF could take him out as a face. I don't know about that last part, but like, I love the idea of next time that we see CM Punk, he's still got the ring because he knows that's what that this is little spoils of war. Just leaving it there for MJF to collect felt like it was a just kind of unfortunate to me. Yeah, it seems it really just seems like they were like, okay, let's just do the Wardlow thing and get it over with because that's just the next story we want to tell. And honestly, as much as I was looking forward to it before, this one night, I'm already kind of like, I don't know. It seems like they don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if I want to see it play out. Reese Power says, "What uh, WTF was with MJF getting the ring back without any backstory. I was looking forward to Punk going full Gollum and getting corrupted by the ring. So a lot of people have this. Have this? Have yeah, this I guess little, everybody little missed when he book. was just like here for when he wakes up. I think he, that's what he did for uh, when yeah. he wakes up and he threw it at him. I I, I guess. Um, now, uh, Tom LaValle says it's okay for Sky to win this match. This match in a lame way." but he needs to win strong next week. He won the title weekly too. So he needs a strong solo win. That's the thing. I, I, if, if he actually were to beat, like really beat Wardlow, fine. But like he got his ass kicked for the last quarter of the match and then rolled him up. Like it, it just doesn't make him look good either. After the match, uh, Spears hits um, uh, Wardlow over the head with a protected chair shot. He got his hands up. Um, MJF punches him with a diamond ring. Um, Vanderford, uh, Paige Van Zant's husband, I think that's his name. He got in and was choking him out. So there was a big beat down of Wardlow afterwards. Uh, okay, fine. There was a moment where MJF was left alone with Wardlow and Wardlow was going to murder him, but it didn't, it didn't work out that way. Cause he got hit in the back by a chair. I just, I was so, so invested in this Wardlow MJF thing. And I'm less invested now and I don't want that to be a thing. I want I want every time that we tell another chapter of this story, me to be more enthused about eventually Wardlow powerbombing MJF into the center of the earth. And now I'm less enthused. And I want to be right, more because enthused. they had a chance to do a really cool and he's done with him and he powerbombs him through a table or whatever. But yeah. they missed the boat there and now they have to already recover. <sighs> yes. It, 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 you know what? It, it, all of this just made me want to disappear. Just because I, I was so looking forward to all of this, 
and and it, it just it, it made me upset. I just wanted I just wanted to go somewhere where where nobody could find me. And I wanted to go somewhere where where nobody nobody knew where I was. And if you want nobody to be able to know where you are, I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region blocked or out of my area so to speak because I've got NordVPN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Dot com slash Fightful. Now you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights. Avoid missing your shows because they're region blocked. And get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region-blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself, and how can you pass up that deal? 70% off plus one additional month free. NordVPN.com slash Fightful or use that code Fightful. NordVPN is a really great service, guys. You should all use it. Um, the, uh, the Hound says, I'm fine with Wardlow losing for this MJF storyline, but why must we have the cringy stuff with Vanderford and Paige mixed in. Feels like it's not over between Dan Lambert's team and Wardlow uh, right now, SMH. Um, that's the other thing is that it seems like not only does he hate MJF, but he also hates these other guys. And this kind of muddies the waters with the whole, can MJF just fire him and he's not part of AEW? Would M- I'm, I'm assuming AEW would just hire him immediately. But it feels like we're going to get Sammy Guevara and Wardlow teaming up to take on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky when Wardlow should be like fully invested in kicking MJF's ass or he goes after MJF 
entirely and forgets all about the fact that he MJF had help from Lambert's crew. Like it's kind of going to tear Wardlow in two directions. I feel like, and if he goes for fully for one and not for the other, it feels kind of weird and unmotivated. It's yeah, it's weird to me. It seems really weird to me that they're just like, no, this guy, Adrian Dan's husband. I I don't know his name off the top of my head. He's got to get his stuff in. He's got to put Wardlow out with a you know weird naked choke. It's just strange that they're like intent on getting these guys in every story rather than just doing, hey, you know, MJF fires Wardlow and hey, buddy, there's a 90 day no compete. So you can't sign anywhere. I like the no compete thing. And then Wardlow's got to, you know, Steve Austin his way around beating up MJF. Uh, That'd be good, too. I, I, I would love the non compete. And then he shows up and wrestles at, at Supercard. Like he's part of Ring of Honor now. And I, that would be kind of an interesting thing they, they could do. Um, yeah, because it's technically not AEW. That is true. Yeah. Um, Daniel R says this seems simple. Scorpio, if Scorpio doesn't win last week, then Wardlow can beat Sammy. Then MJF takes it, but it gets vacated by Tony Khan because you're not going to do that to the TNT title. And then Scorpio Sky can win it and have his reign. And maybe MJF might lose it to Scorpio. Do it to a warlord distraction. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of other things. I just I, I thought this just felt just very WWE booking to me, which of course we all know I hate. So that's probably why I don't like that in in my in with my uh my AEW. Um, Reese Power has a point. He wants an Ethan Page face turn. He's too good to be playing second fiddle to Sky Scorpio and doesn't need Lambert as a mouthpiece. Also, more Wheeler Yuta. Ethan Page wasn't out there tonight. Um, and somebody tweeted at him, why weren't you out there? And he said, well, I got wind. We were going to be working with MJF tonight, so I took the night off. And I thought that was a cute reaction. That's but good. Yeah, I, he wasn't out there. So that was interesting. Um, we got the Hardy Boys having their first tag match in AEW together, uh, just like old times. Um and uh, and they faced uh, Private Party, who I thought was going to be like maybe not the final boss, but somewhere somewhere down the line because Private Party basically only exists because both guys like became best friends because they both grew up idolizing the Hardy Boys. Um, so I feel like maybe you could tell that story, but anyway, this was a really great match. It was a of lot of fun. It's like it's it's really cool to see them back together again. <laughs> Matt wearing the the two tight shirts and the the cargo pants and everything. It's it's just it's just like 1999 all over again. Matt wearing the really Hardy Boys look, but Jeff is going like full Impact World Champion, where he's yep. got the 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 two tight shirt in his own way and the face yeah. paint. It, it was very it's very mishmash, but it works for them because. As much as we joke about erratic behavior, Jeff Hardy's one of the only people who can legitimately dance on the way to saving his brother. And you just go, that's Jeff. That's that's who he is. This was good. I also think they should have waited, but I'm not going to complain with a good match. And you get the Hardys playing the hits. Poetry in motion. They did the tumbleweed fist drop thing. Yeah. Uh, twist of fade into a swanton. Like, they're playing the hits. It was fun. Jeff Hardy will never not be over. No, never. He could like honestly. I'm saying I was about to say he could do this until he's 70, 
but I don't think he could. I think his body will turn to dust long before then. But I'm saying he will be over until 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 his dying day. Like he's he's super over and will always be. Uh, Chris Rain says, "Man, it's so great to see the Hardys back together again in AEW ring." Can't say no to that. The whole the whole match uh, was was basically just when is Jeff going to hit the Swanton? Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff. Like he went up there and instead of doing a Swanton, he did a splash, and I was like. Well, that was interesting. Why wouldn't you just do the move that you do? Uh, but it was because they wanted to to draw it out, make sure that you were waiting for that thing with anticipation. And I thought that was fun. Yeah, I mean, the, the body splash was weird. I got really nervous for a second. Like, oh, no, can he really not do the swanton on a regular basis? But, yeah, again, they're playing the hits. And Jeff is so over. He could get out of this and go challenge Hangman and people would be like, "Yep, Jeff is world champion level." Yeah, uh, Keith Below says, "R.I.P. Isaiah Cassidy after that full landing swanton." That's the only way Jeff will take it. Now he's going to give you all of his weight. Your your own ribs be damned because he's not taking that thing on the back of his neck. He just won't do it anymore. Sorry, that's just the yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah, um, he's, he's Ar- earned the right to not you know land on his neck. So true. So true. Uh, Daniel R uh, sends in Humper Chat at humperchats.com. Uh, we're coming down to uh, to the to the uh, to the final uh, things to talk about tonight. So get those in while you can. Um, Daniel R says, "Hi, what are your thoughts on the ranking system? I am not a fan. Private Party was number three, and I haven't really seen them win. I don't really watch Darker Elevation, but is it hard to have people ranked high when they are not winning on the two main shows?" Um, yeah, it's one of those things where, especially because the nature of victories on dark and elevation um, is usually kind of a squash matches kind of thing. So you're basically just padding the record. It's like when Alabama plays Jacksonville State or something, and it's like, well, that's a guaranteed victory, but we're going to move up in the standings. Um, I don't love it, but I I get it. Um, I Here's the one thing. I I always I will look at something like Wardlow is ranked number one uh, tonight coming into the night. He had a record of forty six and seven. Now I don't think I've seen even half of those matches, but um, uh, but that's a really impressive number for my my lizard brain to be like, wow, forty six and seven is a really good record. The problem is you've seen more of the seven than you have of the forty six. That is unfortunate. Um, I. I uh I think that they have a, they they particularly with ROH uh coming around maybe they'll be using it and it is more of a developmental mental type of stuff um I I um maybe there'll be maybe there'll be more competitive things involved like maybe it's not you beat some team that we never heard of in 5 minutes maybe you beat another team in 11 minutes and that actually means something so yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan overall of the rankings, and I feel like even though they're cool in some ways, you don't really need them because then you do things like unsanctioned matches mm-hmm. just to save people when you don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Uh, the, the unsanctioned matches is also a crutch. Mark Preventure says, uh, when he was five, I let my son hit me with a coffin drop, and it hurt way more than I expected it to. I can't even imagine what Jeff Swanton feels like. Yeah, no, it's that is very true. By the way, speaking of Darby Allen, 
um, the entire Andrade family office, because no longer the Hardys involved, come down to the ring after Jeff and Hardy win, and they all encircle the ring. So, but, but Blade and the Butcher, uh, Private Party, Andrade's there, the Bunny's there. They're all encircling the ring. Jose, because you can't forget about Jose. That can't forget about Jose. That guy is built, and he carries an iPad, and he's he's not afraid to use it. Um, uh, so they all surround the ring, and then we get Darby and Sting coming down to as backup. Uh, so I'm we're definitely getting that eight man tag, a Butcher Blade Private Party versus those four guys. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, but. Uh, I love Andrade, man. I love the way he works in the ring, and I, 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 I kind of just want him to like wrestle more often, yeah, for, for titles and win those titles, as opposed to like being the guy in charge of a faction full of losers, which is what Matt Hardy was for so long. Which I guess it plays into the Sionis kind of thing, where he's just he's got his henchmen, and Batman is obviously going to run right through the henchmen. But yeah, I'm with you. I want to see Andrade do something more meaningful. Uh, Mike McVaney here is just mentions that uh, I don't he doesn't think four lights out matches is a crutch. I mean, it's they don't use it often enough for it to be a true crutch. I I agree. I grant you. However, the most the, to me the most pro the high profile uh, lights out it doesn't actually count matches were Britt Baker beating Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker lost that match but continued to move on upward toward her eventual title victory two months later and adam cole lost to orange cassidy and had his title match versus versus hangman a a week later or a month later you 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 you're you're able to say well this person didn't technically lose so they can continue to move on upwards upward the ranking get title matches I feel like that might not be the way you want to use lights out matches. Just my own personal viewpoint. I think it's okay when like they did it with Kenny and it eventually came back around. They did it with Brit and it eventually came back around as we'll talk. The Adam Cole one is the one where I feel like, okay, this just feels like a dangerous pattern to fall into. If they stop it there, then so be it. Then I won't have as much of a problem with it. Uh, Reese Power, I uh, I see your 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 uh, super chat about the over nature of Jeff Hardy, and uh, not going to read it though. But but thank you, thank you for your donation. I appreciate it. Um, we uh, for Rampage, we're getting Leila Hirsch versus Red Velvet, uh, House of Black, Buddy and and Brody and uh, and Malachi versus the the Dream Team. Of Fuego del Sol and Bear Country. So that should be Ugh. a really crazy fun match. Uh, we're also getting Keith Lee versus um, Max Caster. And Darby versus The Butcher, which which should be just Darby Allen bumping like crazy. For yeah, like Butch has to work minutes. a lot on Friday night, huh? Yeah, he does. Too many Butch. Too, too much Too much Butch. Too um, much Butch on Friday night. Guys, it's, uh, it's the end of an era. Uh, Britt Baker, no longer champion. Thunder Rosa, crowned, um, crowned in such a way that like it befit her. Like I know everybody who was very was very upset about her not winning at the pay per view, and I and I get that. She would, I do not believe, would have had the same uh, feeling within her uh, there as she did 
here tonight in San Antonio, her adopted hometown, in front of all of these people who love her so much on a personal level. I don't maybe I'm not maybe I'm wrong, but that was a moment. That was a, her winning tonight was was an amazing moment. You can argue about how we got here, and I and I totally respect those those points of view. I don't think anybody can argue. What an amazing moment for her to win the match the way she did to become champion where she did. Yeah, I mean, this is these women are proving to be the rivalry in this company. Period. Male, female, whatever. They are proving that they are the story to tell. And yeah, I mean, it looked so obvious that Rosa was going to win. They gave her the mariachi entrance. They gave her the cage, all of it. But it didn't matter because it was such a great moment. And the crowd was there for it. And she was so emotional that how could you not be? Yeah. This was perfect. Absolutely. Um, uh, Jose Flores says, Tonight, Thunder Rosa came out to her culture, wore her culture, and put that culture on her back. It was a beautiful moment. This Mexican woman is a megastar. I am so proud to have her like a champ. Uh, like a champ. Um, uh, representation matters. She's the first ever Mexican-born women's world champ on network television ever. And that matters to a whole host of little girls who sit and they watch with their dad and their brothers and their grandfathers and they watch... Um, they watch wrestling. The, the wrestling is so such a huge part of Mexican culture, and they finally have their Mexican women's champion. These little girls have somebody to look up to. I think that's kind of uh, kind of awesome. Um, yeah, I mean that overshadows everything. And even just hearing you say that, it seems like there's no way that that can be true. But I'm sure it absolutely is because yeah. of how quickly we've had to play catch up in the world of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Dan Janoff says, saw videos in the crowd as she won. Goosebumps. Um, so the, ri- the, the the cage comes down, and the ring is smaller. The cage, there's actually room between the cage. It was not quite hell in a cell room between the cage and the ring, but there's definitely room there. They did some stuff on the outside, and there were a lot of weapons pulled out of the bottom. A lot of, like, to, as a callback to their to their lights out match, where there were uh, all kinds of weapons, there there was blood in that match. There was blood in this match. Uh, there were a lot of callbacks to that match from a year ago, almost to the day. Um, it was it was really great. The crowd was super into this match, as you would expect for a Thunder Rosa title match in a cage in her hometown. But um, I I thought this was great because a lot of times the women put on some really great stuff, and the crowd just isn't into it. But tonight. They were into this um, and with good cause. Like this was, this was, these, these two women work really well together, especially when you're allowed to like, let's just go balls to the wall and hit each other with chairs and drop each other on thumbtacks and go crazy. And I thought this really, really worked. Um, Yeah. I mean, go ahead. The thing is now you need to tell the story for other women. Now other women need to that is true. come through the ranks because you've shown twice now what Burt Baker and Thunder Rosa can do when they have the spotlight. Now this next year needs to be about everyone else. Yes. Um, Pile driver finisher, Thunder Rosa, and new AEW Women's World Champion. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we We got a ref bump. Um, uh, Britt Baker missed 
a super kick to Rosa and hit Paul Turner square in the mush. And he rolled out of the ring. He was done. Both women got visual victories while the ref was out. Um, and then Britt, after that, calls, get another ref out here! And, and out sprints Aubrey um, to come out and, and count a pinfall. One, two, no. That was a near fall. Um, that was after, I think, after the air raid crash onto a pile, a second rope air raid crash onto a pile of chairs. Uh, that was a near fall. And then, um, then there was thumbtacks that got brought out. At one point, um, uh, Britt put, um, Rosa in the lockjaw, um, and uh, Rosa bit her hand. So yep. she switched around to the other side and was trying to do a lockjaw from the other side, but Rosa grabbed her hand and smashed it palm down into the pile of thumbtacks, which just, that made me cringe at home. I was um, actually really worried that like maybe something would fly into Aubrey's oh, face. Or just yeah. Like, this is a scary spot. Then Aubrey comes around and has to count a pinfall with her own hand into the thumbtacks, which was just crazy. Um, because like uh, we got um, hold on, uh, I wrote this thing. Uh, it's on. Props to Aubrey slamming her hand into the tax from Tom Lavalley. Absolutely, that was that was that was crazy. I love that. Um, there was a, a spot that Britt took off the top rope where she fell onto a stacked pile of chairs. Mm. Uh, that did not look very forgiving uh, at all. Um. Uh, eventually, we got an amazing-looking powerbomb from Thunder Rosa to Britt Baker where she kneeled to get an extra oomph to it. That was really cool. That was also under the thumbtacks. And then, for good measure, she hit the Thunder Driver onto the thumbtacks. And then, By the way, after the powerbomb, they roll out of the ring and Britt gets a chair shot protected, but still a chair shot to the head of Thunder. Like, they... They Beat did the more than they would ever other. have to. And oh my I, we make the joke, but Baker's got to get up and be a dentist tomorrow <laughs> morning. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to get up and even do this job. And all I got to do is sit in the chair. You know, yeah. like Rip Baker and Thunder Rosa are professional wrestling. And there's a damn good match. Um, Yeah, we um, we got a lot of uh, uh, Humper Chats, Super Chats about this. Um. Zero Fear 94 is a three-month member of the Fightful YouTube. Thank you so hey. much. Says the ring was smaller tonight to fit the cage. It was. I think it was a little smaller. It was like a 16 by 16, not an 18 by 18. But that was, that was really cool. Um, Reese Power says that cage looked more like a heck in the sec. Uh, quite a hell of a sell. Duking, uh, Duking Latina says just left the Coliseum and man, what a show. I got floor seats for next week, and I can't wait. That Thunder Rosa match uh, was epic. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in Texas a lot over the next couple of months. So if you're in Texas and you want to see an AEW show, you do not have far too far to drive. Um, uh, we got... Um, um, so we got Pile Driver Finisher says Thunder Rosa. Uh, I got that one already. Uh, thank you. Um, Chris Rain says... That chair spot that Britt took off the top. Ouch! Thunder and Britt did it again. Uh, they really did. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think it was possible to figure out a different match to do 
at at the pay-per-view, maybe a, maybe a tag match or something where the winning team, either Brits or Thunder Rosa, could get to choose the stamp or something. Yeah, like, and then you were always going to do this match on St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day Slam, because it is a one-year anniversary of this. Like you could have said ahead of time, we're doing this match on the one-year anniversary of the match of the year, and this match, this tag match at the pay-per-view, is to who gets to pick the stip. Then you have Thunder Rosa's team win. She picks a cage match. And then you didn't have to have Thunder Rosa lose the pay-per-view and then win here tonight. Maybe you could have done that. But I think that that it doesn't really matter because the what matters is Thunder Rosa wins and she's immediately in tears. Like she is mm-hmm. crying real tears, real emotion. And then if you thought she was crying before, Dustin Rhodes comes out, who's worked so much with her and the rest of the women. And she sees him and she just breaks down sobbing. Like, it was a really amazing moment for everybody involved. Um, Ricardo says, watching Rosa cry made me tear up. Yeah, Yeah, and I... Absolutely. Wrestling is good when it tugs at the heartstrings, and this definitely did. And it was a five-star finish celebration. Cool moment for her, just all the way through. The entrance, the match, Dustin at the end. Perfect moment for Thunder Rosa. JB Love says, Viva la Mera Mera. Uh, Power Driver Finisher says, I got flashbacks from last year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scott, Sky Singe says, I love the fact that the end of the Arbery was there. That was a really cool touch to figure out a way to get her involved too because that was a really big moment uh, for everybody involved. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Corey M says, huge career-making night for Rosa. Remember when the other place wanted her to be a referee? SMH. Yes, if you did not yeah. know. WWE was like, you're pretty good, kid. Want to be a referee? Um, so that was a thing. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Uh, she's a an absolute megastar. Like, r- regardless of, 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 of her ethnicity or whether or not you feel represented by her, regardless of what, she comes out to this, this awesome all-female uh, mariachi band which was really cool. And she came out wearing the sombrero and the full face paint, not the half face paint. Like she looked amazing, draped herself in the flag. It was an amazing moment for her. Uh, yeah. She had both for... flags. She had the uh, Texas flag and the Mexican yes. flag. Yes. Really cool that. moment for her. Yeah. Um, so we get uh, Sawyer saying that the last couple of weeks, the story was super clunky, but this moment was worth the delay. Shout out to the best ref bump in recent memory. Rosa rules that entrance, that crowd, that crowd was with her so much. Uh, it was just really beautiful. Um, uh, Jose Flores says with Thunder Rosa's win tonight, it has really highlighted how much AEW has treated its Latino stars like that. Not like these weird cartoons with funny masks, like the other major company has done. Um, I mean, yeah. And that's like, it's so important that even Andrade, like as simple as giving him subtitles, at least yeah. you're letting him speak, you know? Yeah. It, it works. Yes. Yeah. Um, Brett Lockman says, Rosa and Britt have such violent chemistry, it's fantastic. They bring out the best and worst of each other. That's a very good way of putting it. One day they're going to team out of respect. <laughs> and in that moment, it's going to be such a pop. You could absolutely interest me in a, in a, in a two-woman power trip type of, type of deal for them. We're like, we're just going to take over this whole place, you and me. Uh, there's there's nobody who can touch either of us. Why don't we join forces? There's a way of doing that that could be very interesting. 
Um, uh, Shotkey 29 says that cage match put Britt and Rosa in the spotlight and they deliver. It gives me rock and Austin vibes. That was dynamite. And that was entertainment. Daniel R says Britt's glove thing is weird. Takes too much time. Uh, yeah, usually it's done in a way that's more of a showy thing. This time it like had to actually happen as a really, uh, fast thing, which kind of maybe took a little bit out of it. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic still. Don't be putting your damn fingers in someone's yeah. mouth. I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. fine with it. Um, just just on, on a general level. Um, uh, Mike Preventure says that women's title match is all-time top five for me. Uh, it, was, it was pretty yeah, pretty great. It was, it was a very, very, very good match. Uh, Aaron Maffey says, my uh, Eric Maffey, sorry. My daughter and I got to meet Thunder Rosa last Saturday at Wario 20. She was so sweet and welcoming to her. Seeing the joy and excitement uh, on uh, on my daughter's face as she watched her hero win the title tonight was special. Thank you, Rosa, for everything well deserved. I mean, listen, like it, it, she's she's she is magnetic. Like we watch her, she she she's just there's a way that she draws people to her. She's got an amazing charisma in the ring. You you want to watch her perform. And at the end of the day, it's about stories like that. You know, like that's what wrestling is. It's entertaining people. It's making kids believe. That's what it is. Mike Venture clarifying. He meant the title belt, which is very true. I mean, that's that's higher than top five for me. That might be the nicest women's belt I've ever seen. As far as top five entirely all time, you're you're definitely in there for me. Like that's that's very true. Um, Brendan Tungate saying, as an expat from San Antonio. The main event made me so happy. I legit teared up at Rosa's mariachi entrance. Congrats to the new champion. Let's see. Um, now we're getting into some other things people have ideas about. Um, the Nerd Guru says, the reign of terror is over. I'm be begging them to make stories for the women's title so we aren't waiting a year for the obvious person. Love this for Rosa. There was a danger, I thought, and I think I may have said this at the time, when Britt uh, became champion at Double or Nothing last year. Everyone kind of knows like that was magic that happened March 17th or whatever it was between Thunder Rosa and Britt. And Thunder Rosa won that match. We all saw it. So I think we all know that Thunder Rosa is the next champ, but... You just finally put over Brit. And by the way, you cannot deny at the time, Brit was super over and everybody wanted her to be champ. Almost everybody I yeah. was like, it's Brit's time. Now, 10 months later, I feel like people are like, yeah, well, that was that was definitely too long of a reign. But I don't know where the where the moment was. I think it might have been around her beating Ruby Riot at all out. Where people were like, "Well, now what? What are we doing now? Like, we do, hey, Thunder Rosa, bring her out. Let's do that now." People started to get kind of tired of the whole Brit thing because it seemed to be the same deal over and over again. But I, I, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot by having the obvious next champion on the roster and trying to figure out a way to keep her away from the title so you could give a decent run to the new champion, and that was kind of tough. I think all wrestling promotions, but specifically AEW because they're younger and they can fix this quicker, they need to embrace shorter reigns. 
Because if you know where you're going, then we don't need 10 months. You know, we don't need challenger of the month while there's an entire roster of women chomping True. at the bit True. to be stars. You know, get to uh, Rosa quicker. Granted, you had to do it here because right. it's Texas and it's St. Patrick's Day. But don't do this again. Make this title reign about opportunities. Right. You know, give a shot to Ruby. Give a shot to Penelope. Yeah. You know, let's see what she can do. Let's see what, you know, Mercedes Martinez has in her. Let's see who they can bring in. Let's see, you know, Trisha Dora. She's not with the Ring of Honor anymore. Yep. You know, let's see what you got. Uh, the Nerd Guru says, I'm happy where we ended, but Brit's reign accomplished nothing really because it was essentially telegraphed from the beginning, like uh, as where, where, where the next one was going to go. And I think that there's ways of, of, of getting around that, but it was difficult for them at times. Um, uh, and we got some people here who are showing some, 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 you know, uh, props to Brit as well. Michael Plowman says, uh, so happy for Rosa. Hope AEW can build Sheeta Deeb to a similar blow off and all props to Brit for her work this past year. Zero Fear 94 says, congrats Thunder Rosa, but Britt was one of AEW's best women's world champions. Let's not downplay that. I think people grew tired of her, but you cannot argue how over she was at the beginning with almost the entire crowd. Yeah, Britt Baker, and uh, bear with me here, she's CM Punk in the 2011 reign, the 434 reign, where by the end of it, people were like, yeah, Punk didn't do anything with the belt. But when you look at it, really... You couldn't not give it to this person. Uh, Baker was so over. Baker was the face of the division. Did it linger too long? Absolutely. But that shouldn't take away from what she accomplished. Right. Bad One Jam Beard says, I didn't really have a problem with Brit's reign being so long. The thing that made me want it to end earlier was all the bad distraction finishes. Well, the fact that there were so many bad distraction finishes over and over again is what made the reign so long. Like if and made the cage it, match worth it. It's, that is, that is. It awesome. all plays into the story. It just feels like it was too long to watch. Yeah, Pablo says AEW got criticism for Baker's reign, never having a real babyface threat until Rosa. With Rosa as champ now, the only heel challengers they have put over as a real threat are Nyla, Deeb, and Jade. A repeat, or do you think there is more this time? Brendan Tongate says, I think Jade will eventually dethrone Rosa. She was one of four women who got the spotlight during the Lights Out match. But Rosa is going, uh, going to have a, a cool reign, I think. She's spoken about being a traveling champ. Um, yeah, I know. I, I I don't know. I think you might be able to, to turn. I think maybe this whole thing with Statlander is, is, is part of a heel turn for her. Um, that, that might be something that you might, might end up doing as well. Um, I think you could. There, There's also, you know, who knows, maybe... They see something in a sky blue or the the woman that was, you know, the valet for Janela. Now that he's not yeah, going to be around, right. maybe she needs something to do. And then yeah. there's like, you still got Diana. And I will never not say that Diana Perrazzo is the best woman's wrestler going today outside of WWE. Yeah. She's around. You've yeah. got so many women that can potentially step up. It's going to be a fun rain for her. Yeah. Dan Janoff says, such a fun night of wrestling. The crowd was on fire. Lots of teases. And most importantly, Thunder Rosa, La Mera Mera, is your new women's champion. Aaron World Order says, damn, what an awesome main event tonight. And is again, first ever 
Mexican-born women's world champion. Christian Wamo says, Bailey, Molina, and the Bellas are U.S.-born. So Thunder Rosa was able to was able to do it herself. That was kind of awesome. Uh, Eloquent says, uh, hope they split Jamie Hayter from Brit now. I could easily see that being the next thing for Brit, is her and Jamie Hayter having a split and going on to do something else. It's too similar to the Wardlow thing for me. I'd like them to wait a little bit. Yeah. But that it does seem like now that she's not champion, where else do you go? Yeah. Um, Reese Power saying Jade will drop to Athena and then Jade will go after Thunder Rosa. I mean, I don't know how fast that might happen, but I think that might be might be your, your eventual. Your next champ for the TBS belt might be uh, uh, Athena and your next champ uh, for the AEW belt will be uh, Jade, but I just don't think how, f- I don't know how far that might, might be out uh, until we get there. All right, guys, we're going to, we're, we're heading down to the home stretch. We're going to do all these uh, super and humper chats to get you guys out of here. Thanks so much for all your donations. It's kind of amazing. Oh, this is very true. The bad one jam beard. Uh, also shout out to Brit's NWO themed gear. Very yeah, Scott good Hall. For Brit. Good very for Brit. Scott Hall. That was really cool. Um, Brent Lockman says, uh, JR start the sh- started the show with hey yo. Uh, that was a nice touch, uh, yeah. as well. Um, uh, uh, Jarlo says that Wardlow is going to need a manager that can talk for him because he is going to get slaughtered by MJF in the mic game, or maybe he won't. I you mean, gotta, you know, you gotta let him fly first. You, you gotta let him fly first, and also, I think he might not even have to say much of anything. I mean, if, if if it's just MJF cutting promos on him while Wardlow's not there, fine. But they're not going to have a big face-to-face. If Wardlow's in the same ring with, with MJF, Wardlow's going to murder him. So you don't have right. to have that promo battle. Uh, Brendan Tungate says, Thunder Rosa versus Deanna Perrazzo at Supercard in a title-for-title match. Okay. I mean, that's the kind of thing. I'm not going to say no to that. I'm not going to say no to either woman winning that. That's that's the kind of wrestling I want to see. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, hey, well, the, the bad one has a terrible suggestion. I mean, it's a good suggestion, but also a terrible suggestion for us. Uh, if there's going to have to be a female uh, in, in Yas, the new Yas queen should be Eva Marie. Because it's you know, sports entertainment, buddy. That's you're on to something. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, uh, Reese Power says, I love Danhausen, but Yuda needs to kick his ass to show that he's over the hokey stuff. And eventually that'll lead to Yuda versus Trent is the like the the I'm fully leaving the best friends match. And that match will slap, says Reese Power. That's very interesting. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know about beating up Danhausen. I don't know if he's physically ready for not, that. Not, but... Maybe not. Maybe maybe this this story lasts longer than we think it will. Um, uh, uh, the bad one says that Regal, if he ever wanted to, he'd make a for a damn perfect Alfred to a new Batman. Because we all know we're eventually going to get another Batman actor. Like I, I honestly, sure, sure. You know what? Cast, I would, cast the new one and have Regal play Alfred. I'm, I'm into it. I would absolutely enjoy William Regal playing Alfred. I yeah. think he would do such wonders for that role. Um, Chris Rain's talking about Athena. Says I finally got to see Alina live for the first time this past Saturday at Warrior Wrestling in Indy. Uh, she, she is decided. 
I'm going to go on the road. I'm going to do some indie stuff and I'm going to show everybody what they wouldn't let me do when I was under contract to the other place because she has been killing it. Um, <laughs> we got a, a control your narrative joke from Johan Benson. Another great dynamite, but I don't know why it had any matches. The greatest fight is with yourself. You are in control. You are. And that, that is number one and number two, in case you're not sure. Yeah, yeah. the second time you is are in all in caps control. with an exclamation point. Also, no super kicks. <laughs> uh, Alan Khan says, Starks and Hobbs think they run Rampage, but they totally forgot about the actual guy who runs Fridays, Hook. Now that is an interesting wrinkle to that eventual uh, storyline. I'm I'm into that because like that would be really cool, because Hook, Hook Hook's only Hook, fought on Fridays. He's he's the he's the guy who's going to take that FCW belt off Ricky Starks. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Um, and then Sawyer says, "Wait until Regal sets his eyes on Hook." I say, <laughs> that's some good stuff. Um, Pablo says Starks made headlines saying he would love Heyman to get his hands on him. Do you think this is criticism of or of creative support in AEW or his own shortcomings? Feel like his addition to the Rampage desk because they see star power but are waiting for action. No, I feel like this is Starks is doing what MJF is doing where you can get some intrigue. You know you're going to get some play on websites like ours where you're going to go, well, that's a headline. Starks wants to work with Heyman. And then it's Starks is a young guy. He's grew up in an era of ECW. He knows what Heyman can do. Why wouldn't you at least say, hey, I'd like to work with Paul Heyman? Yeah. That, sure. Why not? Why wouldn't anybody want to work with Paul Heyman? He's, he's, uh, he's got an incredible mind for the business. Uh, Josh Weaver says that somebody should probably tell NXT 2.0 that hump day isn't on Tuesday because everybody likes to hump each other. On NXT 2.0, Robert, I don't know if you watch. Why would you? Uh, but everybody no. is horny on that damn show. Yeah, what is going on on Tuesday nights? I think those colorful lights have just be. have just set everybody way be. overboard. You got Persia and Indy just tearing people's clothes off. What's going on on Tuesday nights, Alex? I don't know. John McPherson says that the AEW takeover should be called, instead of stand and deliver, should be Scooch and DeFelice. It's a premium live event. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, it's good. Um, uh, JWR says, hey, Alex, love you. Uh, uh, watching you lead this and a big fan of you and Kate on Tuesday. Thank you so much. Can you please say as Sheila? That's not me. though. That's Kate. I am Laura. I, I'm sorry. I am Linda. You're Linda. Aren't I'm Linda. Not? I am Linda. Can you please say as Linda war games? And then he says he got it right this time on the chat no you didn't i'm linda war games of course that's what we say we say war games right um there we go uh and finally uh oh here we, we get mike preventure says i want orange cassidy to be ftw champion because taz would loathe it and i want hook to feud with him over it now that might be interesting i think the funniest thing that taz does on commentary is, uh, by the way i never mentioned this i hate this guy he stole my gimmick. <laughs> what? Orange. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And to close us out, an amazing, wonderful, generous donation uh, by PokerGod992, who says, I look forward to watching you guys cover AEW every week. 
Love your insight and breakdown of every match. Keep up the good work. Well, we will. And next week, you'll have Sean Ross Sapp on here, who will certainly take a hold of the reins and keep us under an hour and 50 minutes. But we guys, you guys kept giving us super chats the whole way through. We got this last amazing donation in the last two minutes. So we're making money because you guys keep sending it in. We'll love it because we are totally, absolutely, fully public funded. This, All these donations, that's how everybody here at Fightful gets paid. Uh, we love you guys for hanging out with us, for sending in the donations. Go to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, Sean has like, he's got half his face has been just torn apart. Because of his step to the dentist, I'm sure. But he's still out there giving you scoops all the time. Uh, I do a podcast on Five Select uh, where I review Raw and SmackDown every week. Uh, also on Tuesday nights, I uh, do a thing with uh, with Kate where we talk about NXT 2.0 Odal Divas where everybody's horny. Uh, and you can follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps. Where can people find you, Robert? You can find me, first of all, every day. Here at Fightful.com, helping Jeremy and the awesome team write up all the news. And then you can find me everywhere on social media, at Dude Felice. You see it down below. Thank you, guys. Sean Ross Sapp will be back here next week for all your scoops and all your other needs. But until then, I guess we'll see you next time. Uh, I like the uh, steak soft taco. Very good. Tacos.